one to Curtain Jerks right here on the Comedy Podcast Network. I'm Scott Narver. And I'm Steve Sears. And with us again, because we have more WrestleMania coverage to do, we didn't even get to WrestleMania. This is part two. We got Mark Warzeka back here. We we froze him. On the, we all got frozen. Mark Warzeka on the ones and twos. I'm glad to be here. I'm still thawing out. Yeah. Glacier was here. Mm-hmm. He um, he cryogenically froze us all after last week's podcast. Yeah, it was it was extremely helpful. But it's we a shame he doesn't talk. It's a shame he didn't use that power during his in ring career. Mm-hmm. He yeah. could have incapacitated his opponents very easily and pinned them and like a sub zero. Suddenly he wouldn't have just been at the beginning of pay per views. He would have been at the end of pay per views. There you go. Now. There you go. In the dark match after the show. In the dark match after the show. <laughs> Speaking of dark match after the show, hey! WrestleMania! Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> WrestleMania. Yes, WrestleMania. How did you the guys... The dark match after the show. It happened. It we was know the 30th that, one. We know I attended. How did you guys watch it? We watched it at my place. Yeah, at Mark's penthouse. What's the address? Uh, I'm not going to give the address. Why? I mean, what if people want to go next year to your place? <laughs> it's invite only. It, and actually, I'm, I was almost I'm out of chairs. I'm inviting everyone. I was almost out of chairs this year. I only had one chair to spare. Last year, you made the woman sit on the floor. That's she's, bullshit. She did it again this year, too. She came in, and she was like, no, 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 I'll sit on the floor. And she sat on the floor. So one woman gets to attend this event, and she is told to sit on the floor. No, yeah. no, no, no. Every time, we <laughs> offer her a multitude of chairs, and she refuses. I only have one female friend who's interested in watching WrestleMania. That's my friend Rima. So last year, she came over, mm-hmm. and there was like 15 guys, and we're all sitting in all the chairs. And 15 she's like, guys stood Stood up when she entered the room. Yes. And then said, get in the middle. And she was like, no, I'm fine. I'll just, I'd rather sit on the floor. So she sat on the rug on the floor. And then we all took WrestleMania pictures of like, hey, WrestleMania party and posted online. And people were like, you assholes. It was a fucking gentlemen. Yeah. You, you let the one woman sit on the floor. Misogyny. So this year she came and I said, you cannot sit on the floor again. And she was like, but I want to sit on the floor. So she sat on the floor again this and year. And Mark, Mark took another picture. Oh, I can't wait to go off on that photo. But there was You Steve, can read all about it on Gawker. Uh, Steve was there. Zero and, likes. And uh, Phil Ranta, uh, the executive producer of the Comedy Podcast oh. Network, came by. And about, uh, I don't know, 12, maybe 15 other people, friends of ours. Yeah. Comedians. Sam yeah. Richards from Veep, the new Richardson. Richardson. <laughs> Richards. Oh boy, close friends, huh? I just know him as Sam. I'm not. I'm not close friends with him. I make him laugh. I make a celebrity laugh. But we have fun. But you know what's interesting about WrestleMania is it's the one show a year that you know people because I would say maybe half the people, maybe a little less, but some of the people at my party um, don't really watch wrestling anymore. They watched it as a kid, but they'll come over to watch WrestleMania just because. It's fun. The party's fun. They're, they reacclimate. They, they like watching them. the show and being with people that are into it, and there's some part of them that still enjoys it, and that's always kind of interesting. And they know there's a chick on the floor. Like, that helps out. <laughs> uh, the treats were pretty good. You had some good pizza. You had some uh, garlic. What were they? They were like It was like a calzone, but no tomato sauce. You had some potato chips, nacho cheese, uh, uh, bourbon. I think was there bourbon? No, it was just beer this year. There was some beers. Yeah. It was, a, it was, was there a, ice cream? There was no ice cream. I checked Mark's freezer because at one point yeah. I was I had a serious like hankering for sweet stuff, and then he did all he all he had was Trader Joe vegetables. <laughs> you always bring the ice cream, Marvin. Right? If do. you don't show up with ice cream, there's no ice cream. Yeah, we oh, had to wait. WrestleMania had so much fucking ice cream. <laughs> we had to wait till Rima arrived to bring little lemon cupcakes and chocolate cupcakes. <laughs> oh, all right. I ate so many lemon cupcakes, but you ate them off the floor. Uh, no, 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 no. They were on a counter. Oh, okay. 
And there was uh, plenty of beer consumed. There was a fair amount of adult beverages being drunken. I see. Mm -hmm. Uh, While I had soda. But we out I mean, of a WrestleMania cup. We just had kind of your average WrestleMania party. You were actually at WrestleMania. It's the WrestleMania party. I mean, True. dear Lord. Before I even got to WrestleMania, I got ushered into the WrestleMania press conference as the first hour of the pre-show began. That's where I went. Wait a minute. There was a press conference? You're not talking about the one that happened a couple days before the event no. that was on the network. That was another press conference. This was a private press conference for media that was there. We were on a list. There were other people at the press party or a pre-party, which is where we would hope Do to go. Lines of cocaine. Because we hadn't eaten since 8 a.m. that morning. We had we had breakfast, and I wanted some fucking cocaine. And then we were doing interviews all day. And with those interviews, we had to be on call at every moment because if we left the liaison, we didn't have access to that anymore, and we didn't have interviews. So we wow. were always at the ready to film. So we didn't get a chance to eat or anything like that. And then in between the shows, like there was no rest. We had to go straight to WrestleMania. Wow. This was all for your interviews that you were conducting for AfterBuzz TV. Yes. 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 Um, and then we get there and this pre-party, they said, oh, there's sushi. There's all this food. It's catered. It's extravagant. It's awesome. Well, that's not where they put us. <laughs> they instead put us in this press conference with um, – with the with all this other media and a representative coming out and introducing uh, guests that mm-hmm. would then speak to us and mm-hmm. then we could do a, sh- a short Q and A. So the first guest that was brought out was Hulk Hogan. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Like an hour before WrestleMania. Yes. No kidding. No wow. wonder he was so baffled once the show started. <laughs> Did he call it the Silver Dome during that press conference? Well, I have all the audio. No one seemed to have corrected him, so it's, it seemed like he knew what it was then. <laughs> he knew it was in New Orleans, so I think that's maybe all, all he went into. He talked about Andre the Giant, um, which... Uh, oh, Andre the Giant was a wrestler, Scott. No, no, no. We're going to play in that <laughs> audio, Steve, is my look to you. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do that right now? Sure. We'll, we'll do you want it to be while we're talking, or should we stop to play it? Have we stopped now recording officially? No, we can stop anytime and play it. No, I know, but now this, they're like, we're not using this. No, I don't, whatever. Okay. Am I cutting this out? Yeah. Okay. I think you guys should use this for sure now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, let's cut to, uh, uh, let's cut to uh, Hogan telling a story about Andre the Giant. All right. Let's seeing, start... seeing the trophy. Cutting now. <laughs> I miss it so much and just being a part of this and being here, it's great. Thank you guys for being so supportive and being here. And uh, I just got to tell you, you know, I, I wasn't even going to say anything, but I say it without being a big baby. I was at Fan Access. And I was wandering around, and this guy named Jimmy Hart with a megaphone. He's been with me about 35 years. Come on, baby, come on, come on, now. let's go, baby, come on, baby, it's perfect. I want to show you something. Come on, come on, come on. He took me around the corner, and there was Andre the Giant statue. And I was cool, you know, and all of a sudden, I'm going to try to be cool now. And all of a sudden, the photographer goes, oh, let's take a picture. So I stepped up on this little platform, and Andre was in front of me, and I looked up. When I looked at it, I lost it. And uh, I lost it for about half the day. You know, I went right out, walked right by ringside. It was my turn to talk to the press. And as soon as the press said something about, what about the Andre the Giant? The Andre the Giant 
Memorial Battle Royal. I kind of did this during the battle. Being on the ring now, I couldn't, couldn't get over it. But that's how much this business means to all of us. You know, the people in this business, this is their life. I mean, to have a friendship and a love affair with a guy like Andre the Giant who did not like me at first, he used to beat the crap out of me until I kind of straightened up. And what this business has done for all of us, providing us a lifestyle. And the fact that the McMahon family, Vince McMahon and Steph, Triple H, everybody has made this so that we can just keep rolling and keep getting it bigger and bigger. This is just an honor for me to be here. I can talk all day, tell you stories, go totally crazy. But man, I'm so happy you guys are here to see the spectacle today. And uh, I'm so happy to be the host. This is really something big for me. I got my kids here. My kids are now, Brooke is 25, Nick is 23. My kids are here. And they're more excited than ever. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, so Hogan told some stories and was yeah. chatting with everybody as Q&A. And then um, up next was Stephanie McMahon. Uh-huh. And then she was talking to everybody, too. And what was Did she have on her lady tie at that point? Her, yeah, her she, lady tie that she wore for she WrestleMania? She changed outfits. Whoa. She changed outfits Whoa, an she, hour before the show. Wish yeah. I could have seen that. You know what I mean? What, what she was wearing originally? Mark, don't why worry, are Mark, you? Yeah, Mark, why Mark, are you clearly took, drinking your coffee? Mark, I took <laughs> photographs. Don't you worry. Wait, she so she consciously changed into whatever that magician's outfit <laughs> costume was. I think Triple H might have forced her. Such a heel, right? Change outfits. <laughs> well, I'm gonna wear this. <laughs> you can't now. It's wet. I, you know what? As much as I made fun of what she was wearing, she looked. It's fucking sexy. She looked better than she's looked in a while. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, I, I'm gonna say this. She looked classy. Mm -hmm. mm. That lady tie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was a classy look. You know what it made me think of? Fried chicken. It made me think of Colonel Sanders. It sure. Made me think of KFC. You're right. That's what it was. Colonel yeah. Sanders tie. She was like an evil uh, Madam Sanders. Mm -hmm. Because because Daniel Countess, Bryan Countess Sanders. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is the vegetarian. That's why she came out as Countess Sanders. God, what a jerk. Yep. They're evil. That authority is evil. They they get in your mind and they mess with you. Did so, she have anything interesting to say? <laughs> she, sure did. she told a story about uh, her one of her favorite Andre the Giant stories when she first met him as a five year old child. And what did that sound like? It sounded a little something like this. I did break my ankle trying to do Spanish Superfly Snow Cone on it, but that's another story. So my mom said that my nanny, who was in the house, saw Andre, this giant, get out of the van, started rolling up the windows, locking the doors, like panicking, oh my God, who is this person? And my mom watched as Andre walked over to me, and apparently he held out his hand, and I stepped in it. I was about four or five years old, and he brought me up to his cheek, and I gave him a kiss on the cheek. 
and she calls him my Gulliver. So we've had this sort of bond, that doesn't make me cry. So we've had this bond since, you know, since the very beginning. And when I saw that Andre statue, it just brought me back. I mean, just that he has been my friend, was my friend for so long. And we just really did. We had a very special connection. And I don't know that words can actually explain how I felt. Thank you very much. That's so heartfelt, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, and then um, from there, uh, then she was ushered off, and then we had John Cena come out and talk to us. Who? Uh, 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 Juan Cena? Juan Cena? Juan Cena. I'm familiar. That's the brother of John Cena. When John Cena Which was one? fired, his twin brother started wrestling. Wait, John him. Cena, he's like a manager on the Northeast Indie Wrestling Promotions. John oh, Cena that's Jon- Sr. That's Jonathan Chena. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just listen to the interview and find you should, out who this Well, is. you should read Chris Jericho's uh, eighth book to find out stories about this John Cena. <laughs> did he say anything interesting? Uh, I asked him a question. You did? What? I did. I realized at that point I'm at the press conference. I should say something. I'm here yes. before I get thrown out of here. Um, and so I did. I asked John Cena a question about his legacy and what goals were still there. I mean, you'll hear my question. but uh, So I asked him. And he answered. So an exclusive for Curtain Jerks, John Cena on the podcast, just for us. Here's John Cena. (laughs) Two more questions. In the back. You've talked uh, a lot about your legacy, that this match is about your legacy with Bray Wyatt. What is in your future? You've accomplished so much. You've accomplished so many goals that only so many could dream of. And even you as a kid holding that belt have dreamed of. What else is next for you? First of all, thank you for the kind words. Second of all, when I say legacy, I, I say what I've, what I've built here in the WWE. Every time you have a match, you make an impression. And you guys will find out tonight that uh, I'm not exactly the one with his favorite son. Some people will like me. Some people won't like me. But I think what's fascinating about what I've done here is I've always stuck to my guns. Always been, always been honest, had conversations like this, just like, you know, we're, we're talking and hanging out. Uh, I don't really hide anything. My life is an open book, even more so now with Total Divas available while WrestleMania is going on. So y'all better keep your heart tonight. Um, and as these, as these new talent come up, there's no shame in losing to a better opponent. There isn't. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. The shame in tonight would be losing is this young man wants to make a statement that I'm alive. He wants to put on notice everything that I've tried to work with, every every conversation we've ever had, every question I've ever answered is false. And once the lights go out, there's a bad Santa behind this curtain that's not really with me. And that's another thing. That's where it gets personal. And tonight, when I say I fight for my legacy, like I said, I don't, I don't mind losing to the, to the rock. You know, I don't mind being defeated by if, if, if it's a, a new and up-and-coming superstar. But when their motive is that to destroy what I've built, that's not sportsmanship. Class, that's not the right way to do things. So that's what's on the line for me tonight. To make a statement not only that truly the future comes through me, but it certainly isn't going to be somebody who's crashed off this very wide. Last question. Thank you. <laughs> wow, 
Wow, Scott, how surreal. An exclusive. <laughs> Very exclusive. Curtain jerks. We have John Cena. We got to change those postcards now. <laughs> yeah, shit. Rockstar Spud, John Cena. The, uh, you know, after this this whole experience, uh, Scott, of you spending this whole weekend at WrestleMania and doing all these interviews, you got back, and well, w- when it was all kind of over, you you posted this thing on the Curtain Jerks uh, Facebook that I, I thought I might I might read, if that's okay. If you want to. It, it, well, you know, it was really, um, honestly, I thought it was a really cool thing that you wrote here and uh, uh, really kind of opened up about how you felt about, uh, about how it all went. This was posted, you posted it on Tuesday at 4.31 a.m., at yeah. least uh, our your, time. Your guys' time, yeah. <laughs> This is what you wrote. Holy shit. It's 6.26 a.m. and Tuesday morning in New Orleans, Louisiana, waiting at the gate at the airport. This has been the, a massively exhausting weekend in the best of ways. AfterBuzz TV and WWE was exceptionally cr- kind and gracious in their treatment of Tom Connolly and myself. We are extremely grateful. We worked hard this weekend and had a lot of fun doing so. On the podcast this week, there will be a lot of stories that I can't even believe after living. I hope you enjoy them. It will probably be difficult to understand what this weekend meant to me on a personal level as far as all the work I've put into these past few years to indulge in this WrestleMania experience, mostly because I will be masking my insecurities and emotions through lady comedy. My eyes are turning into a leaky faucet as I type this even now. I didn't know the kindness of people I met in the UK along with my wrestling journey could be matched again anytime soon. Week after week has surprised me with the light i love wrestling talking about it with fans or strangers watching it attending live events or being involved in any way we all had the dream as a kid to be a wrestler to become bigger and better than we ever thought we would turn out to be i i didn't need to become a wrestler to become better than who i thought i was i needed to believe and work at being the best person i can be i am and feel great we truly can accomplish so much when we work hard and believe thanks tom Connolly, after buzz tv wrestling compadre Slamcast, wwe Al, who is the fucking man, the amazing wrestlers I got to talk to with, and yes, John Cena. John Cena does so much for so many every single day and unknowingly gave me something. Cena gave me the gift of perspective. I have come a long way from being a fan watching him from the crowd at UPW shows over 10 years ago. I was fortunate enough to be in the press conference before WrestleMania 30, which took, in the first, which took place in the first hour of the pre-show. A representative of the WWE came out and addressed the press saying that some guests will come out to speak and take questions. First, it was Hulk Hogan telling some stories and brief questions. Then it was Stephanie McMahon doing the same, both revealing a side to them I'd never seen before, a very honest and sentimental side. Both shared touching stories about Andre the Giant. All this time, I felt petrified that I would be found out as the jackass making dick jokes on a wrestling podcast and be removed. Then John Cena came out to speak. He was very eloquent and diplomatic with some timely humor thrown in that really got everyone laughing. This, was a di- this wasn't a different side of John Cena. This was John Cena. Always has been. Cena earned everything he's ever gotten. That guy works harder than anyone I've ever known. A few questions were asked, and the representative then said it was the last question, to which John Cena simply responded, nope, and continued taking questions. WrestleMania is starting soon, and Cena is still taking time out of his own preparation to answer as many questions as he can. I then realized that I am supposed to be in that room. I should ask a question. I have a media badge. I need to be myself. I earned this. So I did. I earned my spot at WrestleMania through hard work. John Cena gave me the gift of that perspective, and it overwhelmed me. In parentheses, you wrote, gay. <laughs> uh, gay, gay, I know, I get it. But it was empowering John Cena worked hard to achieve his dreams and this weekend I did too just wanted to share that with all of you thanks jerks I appreciate all of you more than you'll know and you got a ton of really great uh, likes and comments on this post under the uh, on the on the Facebook and I was I was really moved by it too I thought it was so well written Scott and um, just 
what it what an amazing experience this must have been and just so happy for you as your as your friend that you had this this awesome weekend tell us more about all that um uh like i said in there it's just it's really hard to put in the words that everything that i got to do because yeah we all have the dream we all want to do stuff but getting to have the opportunity to work with any of the guys in whatever capacity it is like getting to do fun interviews or talk with them or have something to show for it where, yeah, it's, it's, it's the nerdy Mark in all of us where it's like, Oh, I got a photo with them. But to do something where, uh, Sandow, uh, knowingly is going to bury me <laughs> and, uh, make me look like an ass for the sake of like enhancing the character for whoever sees it in those moments where they, they check out the video and they go, Oh, that's right. I, I, yeah, I really like Damien Sandow. Like, I like that character. And being a part of the whole thing, like... It sounds like you got to be a part of the show. Like, yeah, you, you yeah, got to be a component of it. In a very small, small way, and, and getting to experience it in a totally different light that I never thought I'd ever be able to achieve. I think it's really incredible, because what you described, Mark, as you read it, the fact that it stood out to you, and that you just read this whole thing, and you pointed out two things that were very incredible to me. One, when Scott, you described that you're sort of your inf- like your idea of wrestling changed on this trip like you got to see people that you've known to me you've always been a authority and a resource when it comes to wrestling and in this what you just described was you got to see the same things you've always seen before but in a new light your perception of wrestling has changed your perception of Hogan of Cena of, of Seth McMahon you got to see a different side of them in turn it sort of made a different side of you come to light which is like your appreciation of it seemed to really be enriched by this experience it's a and it is because for what it used to be the carny days of you could never get in mm-hmm. you know it was top it was secret top secret <laughs> they beat you up you know like you're not allowed in especially a guy of my frame like never <laughs> will i get to do anything maybe a ref but even still like somebody's going to do something awful to me in order to try and get in i've had my moments in the past of being a fan and trying to get to know some of these guys and doing something and i've been ditched like there's been some kind of mean things that have happened with guys that still work there um, that I wasn't treated well, but in this time now that the company is at an all-time high of they're incredibly giving. They're giving the network away for $10 a month. Mm-hmm. They're giving you a library of so much stuff. They have all this content for everybody to have on YouTube that's free. They do all of these things. I know it sounds like I'm sucking their ass, but the stuff that they do, like they don't have to let any quote-unquote media come in and talk to anybody. It's a wrestling show. They can keep all of it behind closed doors and not give us anything. It doesn't seem shameful anymore. Like, even though still people make fun of it or people sort of like, oh, why are they taking this so seriously? My fiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but there's sort of this element of people are asking about it now. That's what I find interesting is like now the information is being shared and people are like, so what's the deal with this wrestling thing? Like, well, that's what I think is interesting. It's now you people are recognizing that it's important to you or others and they want to know more. Yeah. You know, they sell that idea of like the WrestleMania moment. Who's going to get their WrestleMania moment? You got a WrestleMania moment. Fuck yeah, you did. You got a WrestleMania moment. You had a WrestleMania moment this year and you were part of the events of WrestleMania. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's 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 way cool. Uh, There was another part that finally I understood. Like, I loved what you wrote. I thought it was incredible. It was one of the most heartfelt things I've ever heard you say. I've known you for almost five years. And I was like, this was fucking from the heart. It was incredible. I did not understand what you said when you said lady comedy. (laughs) 
I thought you meant He's like, referring to you, Steve. <laughs> well, in a way, one, I thought he was making fun of me. Two, I thought you were talking about some, like, Margaret Cho, Janine Garofalo. Garina <laughs> But then I realized, like, our lady of comedy, like our sweet lady comedy. Mm-hmm. That's what I finally understood upon hearing Mark read it out loud. Oh, I thought he was calling you lady comedy. Oh, I I like to dress up in lady comedy's garb, of course, with the haha suit and the hee hee garters. But I finally understood it. It's uh, it's the lady comedy. It's like the 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 church of theater. It's the our lady of comedy. Yes. So I finally understood. So thank you, thank you, Mark, for reading that out loud and. Scott, thank you for writing that. Sure. Uh, I I had to get it out of me somehow because it wasn't going to come out of me saying it on this podcast. That is the definition of art. Is you that was inside of you and your body had to like expel it out into the world to share it with people. But at the same time, it's I I've not been a big believer of myself for a long time, and I'm it's like that's why the DDP and Jake the Snake all all that stuff touched me so much because uh, it's there truly is something to be said for when you really believe in yourself and you really work at something and really try and achieve something that a lot of things can happen. So I wanted to convey that to, to our listeners that, you know, it, it, all, they always say it, it's always cliche stuff, but like dream big and make it possible. And it is possible. Yeah. You, you wrote a declaration, but as total evidence of that. And you've been living in DDP's house for the last 18 months. That yeah, really which helps. Yeah, which changes which a lot. Of I am limber. <laughs> I am limber. Well, while you were having this incredible moment, I was watching this boring-ass pre-show on the WWE Network. <laughs> you were, this was great because Mark set up his laptop next to his TV. So we were watching the pay-per-view like, pre-show, which is just people talking, and it's just promos and promos. Was and it then, Jason and- Albert? Was he on the panel? Uh, I can't remember if he was on that pre-show okay. panel. I there just was, remember there was the talking head guy who I don't reckon like he's the old ESPN guy. Like he's he takes everything so fucking serious. Oh, Scott, Scott Stan- Stam- Samford or whatever his name is. Yeah, Scott yeah, Stamford. <laughs> 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 yeah, did he get chemo? Well, look, I can't play the network on my regular television. I don't have a device to do it. Mark, not you a, have a Nintendo Wii U because I have a Nintendo Wii U. It is not available. That was the first thing I said when I walk into Mark's apartment. It's like Nintendo Wii U doesn't have. WWE <laughs> uh, so I had to set my computer up next to the TV. So we were watching the pay-per-view pre-show on the television because I ordered the pay-per-view because I didn't trust that the network wasn't going to crash. Apparently it went fine. And I don't, apparently it went fine. Yeah, it did but, go fine. But smart thinking. Though. And I don't have a way to really show it anyways. And then so then we had my computer set up next to that so we could watch the network pre-show. And you know what? Nothing really happened on the network show from like 2 p.m. Pacific until 3.30 p.m. Pacific. It was just a dude talking. Uh-huh. And um, then at 3.30, they had the tag team match. Which I had to, like, I, as soon as it happened, it was like wrestling's happening, but no one noticed because it was in this tiny little screen. <laughs> even if it was on the big screen, it was the pre-show. I don't even know if people would have noticed. Yeah. But apparently it was a great match. But it's kind of fucked up that you could pay $70 for the pay-per-view pre-show and not, and, get, it. And not get that match. You don't get to see the pre-show match on the pay-per-view pre-show, just on the network pre-show. Or yeah, and it's also free on YouTube, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, w- and we're trying to get to our seats during that match, and I would occasionally look up, and it wasn't billed as an elimination match. It was just billed as a four-way. That's right. Um, and so w- we walked in when Real Americans had eliminated somebody, and I went fucking ape shit. They were like, they won the tag team titles. Yeah, and then I hear like, uh, the, we the people, we the people. They've been eliminated like 
<laughs> oh man oh hey it's elimination that's great let's get it, to our seats it builds up whoever it is but what a what a cool finale to that match though well, we didn't really see it, but I heard it was excellent. Yeah, I heard it was pretty. I heard it was pretty exciting, also. Oh yeah, I mean, it was the first. It was the first block of building Cesaro in what would be a multi-tier. Yeah. Forty-eight hours of yeah, making no Cesaro That was pretty a great for think about it. He double duty on WrestleMania and then also on Raw like and that. And then Raw. That's New fantastic. Pot. So, but you went from the press conference to into the arena to to your seats to watch WrestleMania. You were yes. wearing a suit during the entirety of WrestleMania. Yes, I was. That's. Bad. And when you have that media badge, it's it is a big fuck off badge to any security in any way. It's just it's like I'm wa- Sir, this walk- is the ladies' room. This is the ladies' room. <laughs> media badge. Sir, this is the uh, All right, let him in. Let why him in. why is that masculine guy at the ladies' room? <laughs> oh, he's just listening to him pee. Oh, okay. Um that Ooh, somebody's taking a poop. There was we we're trying to get to our seats and there was a fight that broke out in the hallway. And it was really? chaos there. Oh my god, yeah, it was chaos. Like every everything stopped. You could not move. Three so, security guards. Did they flank you and then get you out of there, Scott? N- no, they tried to get to the fight and they couldn't get there. People started fighting before the show. Yeah, Jesus. What was it about? I, it was too far away. Could uh, d- don't know. Um, so we, I said, here's what we're gonna do, and we just jetted through uh, the first section we could go through. Walk past them with media badge. Walk onto the floor, past the floor, over onto the other side of the Into stadium. the ring. Cut yeah. through the ring to get yeah. to the other side of the arena. High five, Media badge. <laughs> uh, top elbow drop. So can Uso out. That's great because at Staples, you've got to walk all the way the fuck around. Yeah, they you won't can't let get you go anywhere. anywhere. But with a media badge, it's like, oh, yes, right. This, way. It's like, this is the only time I'm ever going to have this at all, and I'm abusing this. So that was way cool. Um, but yeah, that was exciting that, that the finish of that match, but then that turn of, you know, it seemed like for months they were going to have everybody break up on or around WrestleMania, but right. that was the one I was like, that was good. That the was one solid. That they went through. Now, let me ask you this serious question. When they said, Oost, did you say, Oh, <laughs> I said, uh, row as in Cesaro. <laughs> nice. Nice. Really nice. <laughs> so then mania started. Uh-huh. And pyro hits, lights dim. Yeah. What was the pyro hits again? What was the at, we were watching they were showing us some pre-show video montage at home of like literally like jazz musicians in the French Quarter. Oh, it was, yes. it was horse shit. What was the yeah. atmosphere like in the arena when Rainia started? I think uh it was like, well, I haven't seen any of that in the fucking French Quarter. Like it's <laughs> it's guys begging for girls to take their tops off. It is not this fucking Oh, and classy. then wrestlers like Just walking smell, along it, with weird mannequins of themselves. Yeah, the, the foulest promo. of smells are there and it's like this this makes New Orleans look so nice. <laughs> this is garbage. It this looked like they true. shot that New Orleans promo wow. on the back lot at Universal Studios. <laughs> they probably did. Yeah. And, shot it down the street from us and then realized way too late that then sha- like there was a parade of wrestling characters amongst what was going on was like, well, and then the only the people fuck? the only people who showed up that were available it was like Seamus and like Brooklyn Brawler <laughs> Doink. I thought it was a sign of things to come when they show in that video stuff where they superimposed Michaels like going through the parade like oh you on know, the uh, on the zip line yeah that they make it basically look like special effects as though sean did it again at the same age somewhere uh-huh. else i'm like oh now they've learned this tool <laughs> now they've learned how to fucking change actual moments yeah, digitally they're gonna start changing stuff <laughs> in, uh, in all kinds history, of stuff yeah. is gonna happen um so yeah punk 
you know, whoever's blowing that, ki- you know, punk blowing that kiss and winning from John Cena. Yeah. That's going to be Randy Orton. <laughs> digitally recreate that. But then, yeah, then obviously the big thing, Hogan comes out. Right. Talking. So down into the Silverdome. Down. <laughs> Could you hear him say Silverdome? Yeah. Everybody did. <laughs> Everybody did. And did everybody and love in, that? In Hogan's were... mind, it's always WrestleMania three. Mm-hmm. I mean, in his defense, yes, it's always WrestleMania three in Hogan's Andre's mind. Andre's on the mind, right? In his defense, yes. But it... and why shouldn't it be? Why not? Just live in that moment eternally, immortal Hulk Hogan. And Silverdome, Superdome, Kusarabadome. That, that's a fair. That's a fair flub. Eh, is it? I mean, you're the host. Dome. You're the host Dome. of WrestleMania, and you don't say the arena Mark, right. Don't make me throw to the clip why he calls everybody brother in the press conference. <laughs> don't make me throw hey, to brother. that clip. He explains why he doesn't. Um, maybe that'll be a whole. Is it because he can't remember anyone's name? Ooh, you got it. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, so uh, yeah, he does that. There's a chorus of boos. And yeah. it doesn't hit. Did not hear that. Did not I hear think, that on the I broadcast. He, oh, really? Well, no. we were just all talking and shit. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I should point out. <laughs> when you put a room of more than 10 comedians in a room, you can't hear fucking shit. <laughs> like, I asked Mark to turn up the volume. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, when the... Oh, spoiler alert. When the rock comes out... I haven't seen WrestleMania <laughs> oh, yet. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry. Jesus. Well, I don't know what he said, because I couldn't hear him over the bits. <laughs> After Hogan said Silverdome, I just looked up WrestleMania three on the network and i watched that for the rest of the afternoon Yeah, you had to catch up on your previous resume i wanted to see it so the yeah there's a chorus of booze and then the second one and this is what i love like i love this segment uh, all the way through because in the second one even though he has sunglasses on you see the oh 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 shit like <laughs> his face and then body reacts of like Oh, God, because he's getting booed hard the second time. And he must be thinking, what's happening that I'm getting booed this hard? And I thought it was a what bit. Did I, what happened? I thought it was a bit. Like, I thought he was playing it into it in oh, some way. Because oh. <laughs> um, I figured his script was on the inside bits, of his brother. sunglasses. I don't do bits, brother. <laughs> but, yeah, he's getting he's getting booed. And uh, then he he's tries to recover. And then, obviously, Austin comes out, yeah. which was great. Ice uh, with the music hit he was standing there like we could see him from where he was like he mm. was standing there not coming out yet oh yeah and i'm like don't turn around and leave don't turn around <laughs> and leave and then yeah so austin came out and then rock had come out and then there's a point when rock finished speaking that i'm like oh, cm punk's coming out like i totally fucking bought oh, into it oh yeah, yeah i yeah. thought i was hoping nanny, nanny, nanny. let me ask you guys this question do you think that they did the right i thought the segment was cool too mm-hmm was, would it have been interesting to you to have seen any other guys join that segment? I couldn't. Warrior, Bruno, well, Shawn Michaels. Owen. <laughs> I think it would have been cool. It would have been would've... impressive. I can't think of – I don't know who else could have gone out there who was of the caliber. Yeah, Warrior. That's... Really? Yeah. I He's mean, been it would have been spot. super I'm not pushing weird. for it. I'm just it asking. It would have been super weird. Um, the only other person boy. I could think of would have been Flair. Oh, I think maybe. Flair's the yeah. only person, or Foley, Flair, or Foley, or maybe. Sting. Oh God, or Sting. Oh my God, guys, it could have been Sting. I, Flair. I would have said Flair is the only guy who would have been who's of that caliber. Biker Taker. I mean, I mean, Bruno is of that level in terms of the history of the company, but he would not. 
He's not for those for that crowd, the fans today don't know fans it would be like, pop fuck court. off, man. Yeah, Biker yeah, Taker yeah, yeah. had Biker Taker come out <laughs> and they said Taker. and the four of them said like, Hey, you guys wanna have a match next year? And no one would have cared about the rest of the paper. <laughs> what, what about Taz? That would have been good, huh? With towel on head? <laughs> Tony Gurria? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, no? Okay. Yeah. Nova, uh, huh? Nova IRS. <laughs> It's tax season, guys. Mm-hmm. It is tax season. It is tax season. Uh, it's a, it's I haven't really, paid them yet. It's really kind of a shame. I, there's, it, I think there are that could have worked, but it was such that, a cool... Jericho. I think there's there's the new... CM Punk would have been the new guard. I think the only yeah. other person who come come out would be the next generation. Like, it could have even been Dean Ambrose burying everybody. You know what I mean? Well, it was really good that that Silverdome thing happened in a yes. way. Because it was like an icebreaker at a party where, like, shit might have been uncomfortable otherwise. And then people were like, we can all laugh about this now. Because, like, they didn't have much to really say to each other. It was very scripted, and that's the one thing that made it natural, is they kept joking and laughing about that, yeah. which I think saved it and made it great because it was then, uh, like, an organic moment. Right. Of, like, we're now off script. Yeah. And we're fucking with Hogan because you kept calling it <laughs> the Silver Dome. Otherwise, yeah, it could have been really bland that you have those three in the ring, and it's just like... But it's like, they ain't going to wrestle. They're not about to wrestle each other. Yeah, there's no rock bottoms and stunners being thrown around. <laughs> yeah. They so, ain't, we ain't setting up a match. There's not going to be a three-way with these guys next year. Yeah, that tank top is not being torn in half. You know what was great? <laughs> was uh, watching Rock not drink the carbs from those beers he got thrown. Like, oh, really? really? Just pouring them on his face, keeping his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be cut 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 think cut think cut (laughs) so yeah that was a that was a cool opening segment and then uh gosh i i don't even know what happens from there like it's it's kind of a blur of just the matches and uh triple h and daniel bryan was first oh yeah 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 overall the show like maybe not any like all-time classic wrestlemania matches on the show but this is probably going to be a very well-remembered WrestleMania. Yes. Everything was good, at least. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple really memorable moments. The streak ending and the Daniel Bryan, you know, Mark, you haven't watched WrestleMania way. yet. I just, I guess. Stop reading the back of the DVD case. <laughs> but, uh, you know, those are going to, there were some historical, memorable uh, WrestleMania Cesaro. moments. The Cesaro uh, And the Kingston was, getting thrown out of the ring and landing on the stairs. Awesome. was so cool. God, if only he had uh, depth of character. That would mean so much more. Yeah. God, yeah. what an epic burn, Scott. On the part of creative, not on him. I know. No, it's not. No, it's a. Yeah. I completely agree with you. But it's like, oh, man, that was so cool. Kobe Kingston. You're like, yeah, you know, it have been great. Had they built up something about him where it would really mean something. I was like. God, that is there never has there been a more accurate burn that has ever been lit. It sucks because every time something like that happens, it gets the biggest fucking reaction. Mm-hmm. But you imagine just go, if he had stakes. Imagine if he had to win that match. Yeah, you just go, man, I can't wait for Kofi to get thrown out twice because the first one's going to be fucking kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's interesting? At, at least at, uh, at my party, at my place, among that 15 or whatever dudes, a lot of casual fans there. The thing that got the biggest reaction the whole night was the battle royal mm-hmm. and it was that spot with cesaro body slamming big show Holy they shit. the people those guys popped for that more than anything else on the show that was crazy i mean yeah. because you go into it thinking big show is going to win a lot of people thought big show was going to win not even if they knew the backstory they just had this giant motherfucker in the ring yeah and then cesaro starts uppercutting people for the last four minutes of the match and everyone's like whoa this is weird yeah he's picking up momentum and then when people like uh 
people he Cesaro grabbed the audience at your place, Mark. That yeah. was what was crazy about it. A lot of casual fans in multiple languages. In multiple languages. That's right. And then he literally he took it. He took the he took the match, and everybody got on board with it. That body yeah. slam spot was awesome. It was mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, yeah, that that was such a cool moment. And then even they even made the trophy super fucking heavy just because that guy could lift it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they show like four officials getting it in the ring. What uh, prediction? Do you guys think that this will legitimately be part of a? A tradition at WrestleMania from this point on, the um, I think it would be great. battle royal. I think for a few years, if it was like the Stanley Cup and it was the same championship, that's yeah. sort of like the same uh, trophy that went from guy to guy, I think it'd be a great way if Cesaro won again next year. Whoa, that would be really cool. Whoa. I think this is basically the new king of the ring. That you're not gonna have guys clad in 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 crowns and scepters and right. robes anymore. Like it's too weird now. Um, instead. That this is their way of saying, like, I think this a, is going to be a new main event guy. Yeah. yeah. I think a trophy is an awesome way to do it because there's you give them a totem that sort of you get to see their symbol with them pretty much wherever they go. And the comparison of, like, you are a giant. You yeah. are – you have – You're the, the Andre the Giant of this year. Mm-hmm. I, re- <laughs> I really like – I, uh, I don't know. I really like the way it affected the rest of the show in that – you know, the, anything could happen. Well, the whole rest of the show was like, all right, we're just going to focus on these. We can give a lot of attention to these other four or five mat- matches. We can give them their du- their due attention, all the rest of the match on the card, because they're not trying to cram in 16 matches on this show because they just throw everybody else into this 30-man battle royal. Yeah. Be like, everybody else is in here, and then we're really going to take our time with these other five matches or whatever. And I thought in terms of the pacing of the overall show, I thought that worked out really nicely. Yeah, it felt like I liked the, it for that. It felt like the year of the new guy even with Wyatt losing everybody came out looking great absolutely it was a night of creation that I know everybody's talking about oh my childhood's dead but (laughs) but, uh, thousands upon thousands of new kids childhoods started at Wrestlemania with Cesaro winning yeah and then uh, tweet that tweet that boom (laughs) Uh, the shield beating the new age outlaws like that's the devastating them that's the I think that's even more monumental than Lesnar beating Undertaker because they've had matches in the past but like what the new age outlaws represent in terms of the attitude era and the like the shield being just like still fresh on the scene that's huge and the other way of solidifying like solidifying daniel bryan in multiple ways it wasn't just the one match it was beating triple h and then the endurance match to get through to get there and then being beaten down again like your arm is taken out and one of the very few segments that we see backstage of his you know he can't lift his arm well and then going through the other two guys and Triple H again and even taking out Stephanie. Like, he went up against every single person multiple times within the night uh, to do it. Like, if that's not the biggest stamp of, like, and he's your new fucking guy, like, right there. It's it's crazy, too, when you think back about how we got to that point because it seems like, looking back now, that the story all worked out so perfectly. Mm-hmm. But this was not the story they were planning to tell up until, like, even, like, whatever it was, six weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they were... If if a couple major things had to happen for us to get that ending of WrestleMania this year, Batista had to fall flat. The crowd turned on WWE at the Royal Rumble. And CM Punk walked out. 
If I, those I things didn't Punk happen, Punk made a difference because it was going to be it was going to be Triple H versus Daniel Bryan in a singles match, and the winner was not going to go on to that triple threat. But by adding that, you've turned WrestleMania into a, a complete storyline instead of the culmination of several people's storyline. Triple H, I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan was going to like work Sheamus or something this year, even after the Royal Rumble. That was still the plan, and then they changed everything. I mean, the fans really had a major impact on what this show ended up being. The fan revolt that happened, mm-hmm. and 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 so I mean a bunch of things had to kind of come together for this for this WrestleMania to work out the way it did. All thanks to the WWE app. <laughs> That's true. But once you can start voting via your phone, you can really let them know what's. Yeah, up. you can let them know. Hashtag no farting. Yeah. Hashtag taboo Tuesday. Bring it back. Yeah. Do you guys Tuesday. mind if I take twenty minutes right now just explain to the listeners how to install and use the WWE app on their phone? <laughs> We'd appreciate it, Mark. I feel like they're never going to get that information from anyone. What? How to install that app? Oh, no. I see. Not all. So, guys, I have to ask a question: Is your childhood dead? Yes, I'm 37 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best right there. Like that's the best yeah, way of fucking putting it. Yeah, look, if your childhood hasn't been dead by the time you're watching WrestleMania fucking live, something is wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. If those tickets were not a gift and you paid for those tickets to WrestleMania, your fr- your your childhood is dead. Your friendship with your childhood is dead. <laughs> I mean, I never was a dead guy Undertaker. Like, I never was into the dead man. I'd never seen that live. That's the first time I've ever seen the dead man Undertaker. You only liked Biker Taker? Yeah. <laughs> you only liked Mean Mark Calloway? I did. I only liked uh, Sarah Neck Tattoo Undertaker. <laughs> That's a bad motherfucker getting get, uh, your lady's name on your neck. Um, yeah, that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that was the first time I saw that. So that was cool to see the entrance and everything. But as not being a gigantic in- invested fan in that, it was cool as shit to be there live for the streak ending. It was unbelievable. All right, what did fe- what did it feel like live? When I it- said a lot of swears. I said so many swears. You cussed. I I swore. Did you cuss? I swore. You cussed. I swore. You cussed big time. Um, I- did you feel like it was a mistake? Like. I know the feeling at our place and a lot of places just from reading everybody's feedback was the it didn't it, it was funky the finish like it it felt like it it that, felt like it was botched and now we've kind of found out that you know the referee didn't know the finish which is part of the reason it felt so weird but like one two <laughs> wait no <laughs> not the Undertaker <laughs> was that did you say it Mark you were like they didn't ring the bell. They didn't ring the bell. Who said that? Well, they they did. They, they did, did the but it just it, we just didn't hear I, we it because we were all it. like it, so shocked. It actually went bing bong bing. <laughs> bing the bong. bell wasn't even sure. <laughs> the bell was like, this can't be right. This is bullshit. It's not punk. <laughs> um, but did you think, oh, my God, that was the finish? Or did you think live like something got fucked up and that wasn't the finish? What I wanted going in was to at least have the, the credible moment of, Oh my God! I think Brock may take it because it's just you know every, you go in going like no, Taker doesn't lose, so I knew he wasn't gonna lose. That's just set my mind so there's no drama to it. So I just wanted that feeling, and so as it was happening, as it got onto the second F five, I remember I stood up and was talking with Tom, saying like, okay, they're getting close, like that moment's almost gonna be here. And then on the third F five, I go, all right, it's almost about to happen, <laughs> and th- and then it happened. I go, what? What the? But 
like there's a lot of that coming out. And yeah. then, what the fuck? I agree. No, what the fuck? And then when I saw, because I tried to watch the majority in the ring. I tried not to watch uh, the screens. When I saw Heyman jump into the ring and his face popped up on screen, I looked at that and I'm like, this is real. And then the graphic mm. hit. It was 21 and 1 went up right away. So on TV, the graphic, you, you only get to see the graphic almost like minutes later. It took a while before we saw yeah, it. So it didn't take long. Was nothing but insert uncertainty on, on TV. On the Probably broadcast. 20 seconds realistically. And were the what were people around you react like? What was the reaction of the people around you live? Stunned silence, swearing. Um, <laughs> uh, Nobody just, went. This is great. <laughs> yeah, no, like there was no coherent thoughts. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I know that me and just the majority of people there. I know they cut to a lot of fans making weird faces of just true shock and disbelief. Right. I know I had one too. I have no idea what my face looked like. It was probably not a face I've ever made before. Are you <laughs> jealous of those other fans that their shock got on and yours didn't? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> um, I will say, as as it was slowly happening, like the word "shit's not gonna change." Like no ref is coming down. No right. Dusty There's finish. no yeah. Once that's not happening, yeah. I'm thinking I've never been this shocked in wrestling before, ever. Yes. Other than tragedies, like other than actual life tragedies, I've never been shocked in story wrestling mode ever. And this is the coolest thing ever. And I'm sure everybody hates it. Yeah. But what a cool feeling. Like, they got me. You got. I didn't know. You got. Got. Yeah. You're right. I I don't think I ever was that shocked ever either as a fan. Maybe the only thing that would come close to me was as a kid when Warrior beat Hogan. Spoiler alert. At, at, at WrestleMania <laughs> No, no, no it's okay. That child is dead. <laughs> <laughs> but but even then, it was like, no, you kind of thought that he had a Warrior had a chance. It's it was a, a shocking moment, but you were like, maybe he'd win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think you're right. I don't ever remember being that shocked before, ever. And that what a what an amazing feeling that is to have the as a wrestling thing- fan in this day and age with the internet and everything. Like the yeah. most credible guy. Was the most uncredible guy to beat him. Yeah. Which is silly. But that's how they did it. This Now it feels like I'm 30 seconds too late to the conversation. <laughs> but uh, Benoit doing 13 German suplexes to Stone Cold. That was the one other time I can think of where I was like, this is weird. Like, this is. Like, it, he may win. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, mm. well, it wasn't just the win. It was like, I've never seen this much impact. I've never seen this much mm-hmm. of this one thing. And, mm-hmm. like, this loss was like, I've never seen this much. Of a loss before, mm. you know what I mean? Crazy good. I mean that that happened. I mean, I I like it. I like what they did with it. I I don't have a problem with it being a part timer because if Brock was on TV every week fighting guys on the roster, like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he's gonna beat them all anyway, and now he's a god killer. So now the occasional matchup, hopefully Cesaro at SummerSlam, just so we can be there. Whatever those matches are, the the big challenges, yeah. they mean that much more now. Yeah, I mean, it'll depend on, you know, they've got to do things right with Brock moving forward. But, I, you know, I at the when it happened, I hated it. I thought it was a huge mistake. I was as shocked as I've ever been, like we're saying. Balling. I was angry. I cried. I threw everyone out of my house. And then after a while, you let us back in to watch the main event. I, <laughs> after the Divas match, you let us back in. But in retrospect, looking back on it now, and I don't think it was super well you know, executed, but in, in retrospect, looking back on it now, if it appears that Undertaker felt like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I'm actually 
hurt to the point where I can't. I can't do this anymore. That's so what it, it felt like at the end of the match. Was it felt like he just decided to not kick up? That's what was so painful. <laughs> That's what looks about. weird. But but if he did walk in and say a couple days before WrestleMania or whatever, and say I'm done, and you're Vince McMahon, and your choice is I let him go over again and retire undefeated, or I put Brock over. I know you can make strong arguments for both ways. I think I'm good with what they decided, that you try to get something out of it mm-hmm. and propel Lesnar out of it and make some money off of Lesnar now being the guy who beat the streak. I think if that was the choice they were faced with, and it looks like it was, I'm fine with it. I think they made the right call. And if Taker's not fully done done, which I, I don't believe he is, I, I think as medically as long as he can keep going, <laughs> I think if they end up doing this Sting match you know, years later, that yeah. this – this makes that one work because now, again, with Sting, if you were to fight him, he's not going to beat the streak. He's not going to get that win, and then there's nothing to do with Sting. Like, you only have, like, five matches out of the guy. Yeah. That it then makes it they're both credible opponents, and they could both win. That now there's now nothing. Now it's textured in a way that it feels even. It feels weighted in both. Yeah. yeah. It's not a career-ending match, so you know the one guy has all the favor. Right. And you could do you could book it as their retirement match, like Undertaker versus Sting. They're both going to retire after this match, or one's going to retire <laughs> after that Buy match. Buy a couple of hammocks and four <laughs> the, mutual, the mutual assured destruction match. Yeah. I mean, you could book it that way, because I think if Undertaker does come back, I bet it's for one final match. I mean, you could book Undertaker against anybody and say, he's going to come back for one last match. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be his retirement match and let him come back and win. Maybe he'll come back and do that. But could you imagine the pressure? This We know how busted up this guy's body is. Clearly, he couldn't go this year. Can you imagine the pressure that guy has been feeling the last eight or ten years to be like, I've got to have the shut it down match of the fucking year this which one he, time I wrestle. For the last ten years. He, he's you know? got to feel relieved having that monkey off his back at this point. And, and Was that another tattoo he got removed? That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, well, the, he, yeah, Sarah, you know. <laughs> oh, we got a Sarah monkey tattoo? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, he, it's got to be a, it's got to be relief for him in that respect, right? Mm-hmm. I I completely agree. Yeah, to just not have to live up to that. If he comes back for that one more match, it's okay if that one more match is just a serviceable match. Yes, <laughs> a featured attraction. Yes. Uh, well, after that match, now I feel like the entire landscape of WrestleMania changed for me. Like just the the night of the the night of, uh-huh. I was like I was spent. I was like, uh, is it okay to like? Are we? Can we still have a good time? Like, it was hard to recuperate after that. It was. And the Divas match was like, well, that was, I'm sure that would have been great anywhere else on the card for what it was. And then the main event happened, and I was like, God, The Undertaker, really? I think he really lost. It was tough to get back into the show. Really? Yeah. Really. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I know there were other people that felt that way. People left. That's what we heard. Yeah. They're fucking morons. Like, (laughs) I, I have no qualms about saying that. Like, if you go all that way to New Orleans... Well, not everyone had a media pass, Scott. Hey, if you flew out all that way, made a trip of it and everything, and you didn't see the full show, you decided to bail because a guy lost? Like, come on. That's insane. Yeah. Watch the entire show and be bitter from your seat. You know, maybe take, maybe Undertaker will come back, though, and not even – I mean, who knows what he could do. He doesn't even have to work for WWE from this point on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he could work anywhere. It's weird. Uh, there, um, I – you oh, know, guys, we, so the light board has just been lighting <laughs> yeah. up this whole time. Like, I, I, I want to keep talking about Undertaker, but this is it's just been 
been strange that we keep getting phone calls coming in. Uh, Steve, do you just want to pick up one of those? Yeah, lines? let me just get this and see what we got. Uh, so, hello, so. Curtain Jerks. Hello, is this the Curtain Jerks? Uh, yeah, you've uh, reached Scott Narver, uh, Steve Sears. Oh, voice sounds really Curtain familiar. Jerks, it's me, Dixie Carter. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, oh, no. Dixie Curtain Carter. Jerks. Don't worry, I'm going to focus up this time. I have a martini... <laughs> and, and I had shots of Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey, but I just took some Adderall, so I'm going to be focused up, curtain jerk. Is Adderall, Steve, it's Adderall, Adderall usually, uh, uh, we take that at the end of the night. It's the Ativan is what peps you up. I'm oh. a, it's that hard and, and the Adderall brings you down. Be oh. a gentleman, Stephen oh, I was. I am a lady. I was just uh, elucidating. Treat me like a lady. I was just elucidating the facts for our fans, oh, Miss Dixie Carter. Oh, I miss a Willow. <laughs> you uh, miss Willow. Willow always treats me like a lady. Oh, that's right. Uh, Jeff Hardy's on special assignment uh, for us for mm. WrestleMania coverage. I'm he worried that she's hanging to... out with Willow. That seems like a very bad influence. Yeah. Yeah. I go out into the woods with Willow, <laughs> oh, no. and we smoke marijuana <laughs> joints. <laughs> well, <laughs> better than crack cocaine, I guess. Or better than I don't know, PCP. Yeah. yeah or... <laughs> PCP. No, we do all that too. Oh, all Ms. that Carter, curtain please. jerks, we do it all. Uh, so, Miss Carter, why are you calling Just us? Just to talk about the Undertaker's streak, honey. Uh, well, that's actually what we're yeah, talking, we were about. talking about. What? <laughs> curtain yeah. jerks, I swear to goodness, I am sidekick sometimes. What? Really? Yeah, I had an intuition to call y'all up just now. Well, uh... That's a woman's intuition. Well, that must be a hell of a gift. Yeah, uh, so do you... Uh, curtain jerks, do you find me attractive? I, I, ha I do. I've said it many times in this podcast. I find you very attractive. It's moments like this, though, where I, I, it loses a little bit when I don't see your face. Oh, uh, I'm always a little puzzled when you have a, uh, a bun on the top of your head, like a sort of pompadour that's a little too far back. That's just a style. That's the cool style. What do you know, Steve Sears? I guess I'm a bit of a renaissance You man. sound just like Serge. He just wants me to have my hair down. And I said, Serge, can I put it up sometimes? <sighs> <laughs> well, well look, yeah, don't let it get you down, Miss Carter. Don't let it get you down. Whoa! Oh, no. I fell asleep for a second, curtain jerk. <laughs> now you were—you're saying you were psychic. You do you have something about the, the Undertaker streak? Yes, yes, it's been broken. What? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can understand not wanting to watch the competition, but that's kind of big news. Yeah, that's oh, monumental. I've been all wrapped up in MVP. Oh He's yeah, he's giving me the hardest time, curtain jerk. Mm -hmm. But anyways, <laughs> I was. I'm aware that the Undertaker streak was broken. Oh, Come on. All right. Yeah. I was just joshing was, with you. Was that a rib, Josh? That's why I called in. Okay. I'm going to make the ultimate offer to the Undertaker. An oh, no. That, don't Be call careful. the ultimate offer. Care, like, careful of your yeah, choice of words. Your nomenclature oh, sounds a little dire. I would like the Undertaker to start a new streak in TNA. Total nonstop action wrestling. <laughs> Okay. okay, all right. What would that streak be? It will start off with a victory of The Undertaker over the immortal 
Chris Saban. <laughs> I don't know if he's uh, immortal. At Destination X. <laughs> uh, so the streak would, would the streak maintain on each pay per view or in, just Destination X? In the X style match. The X division, the X match with Ultimate a, X. Ultimate X. That's with now. That's with a giant X, and then everybody has to climb on those jump ropes mm-hmm. to get that's to it. That's why I said it's the ultimate challenge, curtain jerk. Oh. Can somebody top this off for me? I well, don't you, know what you, you're topping yeah, you off. This is a Corona light. You called us on the phone, and you want us to okay. top off a Corona light. Oh, if you can, can you? Can you? <laughs> uh, if you just pulled it up to the phone, I guess. Thank you, curtain jerk. <laughs> I don't know. The streak will begin at Destination X and continue at TNA's premiere sacrifice. (laughs) Wait, so Undertaker's just going to keep wrestling at your pay-per-views and that's going to be the streak? That's right. Again, he will always beat the immortal Chris Saban. So it's always going to be matches between The Undertaker and Chris Saban. That's right. He will have a streak and people will tune in. And it will build up until our special one-night stand pay-per-view of TNA, which airs only in Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and it will build and culminate then. And Undertaker <laughs> will face Chris Saban oh, oh, like for the third time. In an Ultimate X Division title match. These are all the same things. Yeah, How long so do you expect you, this streak to this go? Three? 20, 2, and 0. Oh. Uh, well, it sounds like you'll knock these out a lot faster than the WWE did. Well, look, I don't know. We're about to sell this company, so we got to do it fast, Turton Jerk. Oh, is that right? Who are you going to sell it to? Whoever the hell will buy it. <laughs> anyone. I have, anyone. I have $68 in my pocket. Uh, deal. Deal, Curtain Jerk. I've just bought TNA. Wow. This is fantastic, Scott. This is a really big deal. Is anybody going to beat The Undertaker's uh, new streak? Not against the immortal Chris Saban. <laughs> well, I guess not, yeah. Well, thank you, Dixie. Thank, thank you so much. You. Could somebody run in my prescription to the Rite Aid Pharmacy? I assume Willow could do that yeah, for maybe you. Oh, Willow, might be Willow. he's out in the wood in the wisps waiting for me. <laughs> All right. Well, be careful, Miss Carter. Leave breadcrumbs as the trail so you can find your yeah, way back. We'll find okay. your way back to your condo. Good morning. <laughs> it is late in the night. Wow. Uh, Man, haven't heard from Dixie Carter in a while. Yeah, it's. She sounded good. She did sound good. Very <laughs> sexy. Yeah, she, yeah, very sexy. Yeah, very, very sultry. Sexy. Sultry. So, and then obviously the championship match, Dana Bryan. It's very epic and pandemonium and confetti everywhere. It had some uh, took some of that confetti. Uh, who used was as a the boot-near. woman and child who got into the ring with him at the end? Sister. Sister and kid, they, I believe. On television, they it was super weird because they never told us who it was. We know it was either. Was... Some fans said, uh, I believe it's his sister because uh, the next night on Raw, um, which I don't know if this is on the app or on YouTube or what, but the post-show of Raw, Daniel Bryan gave an incredibly heartfelt speech uh, that was very tearful. You thought my fucking speech was good. <laughs> it wasn't this speech. But a very sentimental speech about uh, like what it all meant, what the fans all meant, and he thanked his sister um, which so I believe that was his sister. Thanks to my sister and that stranger who got in the ring with and a child. That could have been Mr. <laughs> T's mama. Well, the other thing I heard was it's that they were just mama. saying that he's not even going out with the Bella. That's all for the reality TV show. And someone's like, "Yeah, that's his wife and his daughter." <laughs> 
Well, if, if when it read like on TV was he was not supposed to do this because they did. And I don't know if that was the case, but they did not say who these people were. And they immediately cut away from them and were deliberately trying to not shoot. And then those, suddenly that, they that weren't woman in and child. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something terrible. Like, you know, they're like, oh, God, we, we tried this 10 years ago and it didn't work out. We had to edit all that shit out. God, please yeah. don't, don't have it again. <laughs> but yeah, WrestleMania, that but, they, that's what happened, folks. And I met Mark Yeaton, timekeeper. Hey, how about it? Who? Yeah. Who? <laughs> Mark Yeaton, the, the, the timekeeper. Sure. The bellman. Yeah, yeah if, okay. If you, if you say so. Yeah. The beer that's lobber. A, that's his name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought that was Lillian Garcia getting bored. Like, this match is over. Uh, and we got to walk around on the floor. With those media badges, they do not kick you out of that building. It was a it was a endurance run to see wow. how long we could be so there. You could have just stayed there and watched some Saints games. We got invited. <laughs> to, we got invited to a crew party. Whoa! Did you go? No, it's a crew party. How <laughs> fucking boring would that be? I don't know a bunch of rowers. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'll post pictures of that. But then Raw, the fucking season premiere of WWE, crazy shit happens all over again. Raw was great. I thought Raw was fantastic. I love yeah. Raw. Raw was great. You know what you were saying, Steve? Like WrestleMania felt like we're about to move into a, you know a new push the new guys, and I thought Raw really took Picked it another step further. It was it. like it. Raw definitely felt like we're moving into a new era and we're pushing a bunch of new dudes and it felt good. I thought it was fun. And ladies. And ladies. It was fun. Like Barrett came out and it's like, all right, they're finally going to push Barrett. RVD came back. Rusoff came out and won a squash match. Uh, Paige s- came out, won the title. Paige won the title. That Cesaro. Was my only gripe was like, God, ah, not the title in, in the one match that was so fast. And it was yeah. weird and funky. But, I mean, it was great. She, God, she looks ill. Because she's, she's peaked now is my fear. It's like, that's, like, you've uh, done think- the, the, the most a woman's wrestler can do on your debut. Eh, maybe, but you don't like, I think what they're probably going for is that ultimate warrior honky tonk man moment of like this new guy, total shock. I mean, I know he'd been around a little bit at that time, but like new guy sure. coming in, total shock out of nowhere, title win, put you on the map overnight. Right. Oh, you know, and two fucking uh, entrance promos for people. They got Bo Dallas's Bo Spiration or whatever. Yeah, it's called. yeah, yeah. And, Adam or, and or, or positive thinking or whatever the fuck they're calling it. And then <laughs> right. the other dude who's on the exotic express, yeah, creepy Adam. Russell Brand wrestler. Bo Dallas's character is clearly a rib on DDP. <laughs> it's like, let's just make fun of DDP. Yeah, that guy, it's so inspirational. It's like, it's painful. Well, I think he's supposed to be a heel. Really? I think that's the gimmick, is that he's yeah. so obnoxious yeah, as yeah, a yeah. baby face that he's a heel. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then Paul Heyman with the with the Brock bombshells. Oh, yeah. like that was a great Paul Heyman promo. cuts a classic promo. T- uh, yeah, too. I yep. mean, the other stuff with Cesaro and everything and Zeb, like, that was great to finally see the managers collide, you yeah. know? That's, uh, they kept that so far from each other, but, yeah, seeing those. Uh, speaking of managers, who is Rusev's uh, manager? Um, it's the Bridget, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, Bridget, Bridget Nielsen, Nielsen from, from Rocky IV. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. That, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Yep, we are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, but that manager's clash was like, it's the 80s again. And they're so international now, which is great. You got Paige, uh, English, you know, Barrett's English. You got Rusev, Bulgarian. You got her. She's Russian. You got uh, Cesaro, Swiss. Like, I love the international flavor that they're yeah. going for. I again. love the idea of two wrestlers being totally stone-faced while their managers getting red in the face yelling at each other <laughs> until one of them steps over the line and then the wrestlers get involved. But until then, they're just completely separate. And then, of course, the uh, the Warrior promo, you know, it was like that was incredible. It was just, 
you know, warrior comes out as himself. And, now. Yeah, I know it, it was yeah. insane and put the mask on and, and the jacket. Cut, yeah. And cut an ultimate warrior promo and a, you know, it was like the nine o'clock, uh, you know, quarter on raw. Mm-hmm. It was, that was pretty cool. And I know that I was saying before, like I got bored during the other speech, but I guess that's kind of what I was hoping for more like the acknowledgement of who he was and embracing it because the night before it didn't feel like he fully embraced it. It was, right. it was still a standoffish, like the DVD, that damn DVD. Right. Right. But this was, yes. Like this is what this character was and this is what you love and shaking the ropes. Yeah. That was a great moment. Cause it looks like he didn't really plan to do it. He probably did. But then that look of joy on his face afterwards, when that crowd reacted that yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Just a, 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 a an incredible raw. Incredible role. Oh, and then yeah. culminating with the shield facing off against Evolution. With the alien masks. Yeah, with the, the, with the, the aces and eights. They're coming out with the skull uh, aces and eights. Yeah, mask. yeah, yeah. The Michael Tarver mask. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the panty mask. The face let's move some merch uh, shield yeah. that kids in uh, middle school are going to wear and then they get in trouble Take for. those off. Take those off. You look like a gangster. Take those off. Yeah, it was a, it was a great role. And it, just the whole weekend was like, you know, the – Besides all this WWE stuff we're talking about, there was Jeff Jarrett announced the name of his promotion. I mean, not Clit. Was it called Clit? Not as huge news. No, it's called the Global Wrestling Force. What is it called? Or Championship it, League International Tournament. Global Wrestling Force. It's the I Global think. Specialized uh, Professional Overtimes. And there was the Wrestle- G Spot for sure. <laughs> there was WrestleCon in New Orleans. There was ROH ran a couple shows and TV tapings. There was a huge New Japan show this weekend. Um, and you know, just so much, it was just such a, it's this way that WrestleMania weekends become this epic weekend for all of wrestling is so much fun. What was your favorite outside WWE moment? Was well, it, AJ it, Styles it, debuted in, you know, I'm really into, uh, you know, I follow ROH and I'm really into new Japan right now. It's mm-hmm. been on fire the last couple of years and ROH and new Japan are doing two huge shows in May joint shows where the new Japan main eventers are coming over to work ROH shows and um, matches between the two promotions. They're going to do them both on I, uh, pay per view mm-hmm. on May 10th and May 17th. So I'm really excited for all that. But AJ Styles just signed with new Japan. He signed a new contract. He's going to be a top guy. He's taking uh, Prince Devitt's spot. And if you don't know Prince Devitt, just remember that name. He's been a top star in Japan. He's leaving to come over here. He's either going to sign with WWE or TNA. He's got off TNA's got offers from both places. He will be if he's pushed right. He'll be a huge star over here. Wow. He's awesome. He's Suck awesome. On that Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we don't know anything about Global Force, right? We don't know anything. Yeah, they just announced that it. They they announced even less than they t- that they uh, than they teased in right. the yeah. promos. Yeah, it's like it's the future of wrestling, and essentially, it sounds just like the WWE Network with fan interactions. Yeah. Well, yeah, so much. What a what a crazy crazy week, and then yeah, and then Warrior, as we said, had passed, and that was so surreal. But yeah. I like to think that he made peace with everything that had happened. That that. Yeah. You know, he had said goodbye without saying goodbye, and I, I hope the best for his family and his friends and everything like that. But, wow. You couldn't – I mean, talk about shocking. Like, you couldn't write this stuff. I'm still shocked now when I think about it. It's like after 18 years of not being there and all that bad blood and all the history and all the animosity, he finally comes back, Hall of Fame on the Saturday delivers this speech, spends his whole weekend reconnecting, making amends, coming back to the brand, 
WrestleMania Sunday appears. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw cuts an Ultimate Warrior promo and on Tuesday passes away. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. I mean, thank God that he did come back and get this incredible weekend where he got to have this closure. People got to make amends with him. He had this fantastic last moment in the spotlight it was before he passed. And he wasn't squashed by Nexus or yeah. anything like that. I mean, it's really just... But if you, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't write this, and it's just absolutely tragic and incredible that it all happened this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 mind blowing. This entire week, everything that's happened, that yeah, as you said, it will be the one of the most historical WrestleMania events. Just everything around it that's ever taken place. Yeah, but wow, loaded, jam packed. That's us talking about it, and there's so much more to talk about, but we can't. There's just no more time. What? Run out, we ran out of time. To the gills. We, we had to two-parter this thing, and uh, you know we had jerk tweets we didn't even get to. We couldn't do that. We, uh, you know, we'll just have to do this in the future. We'll just have to chat more about all this stuff. So, uh, Mark, Mark don't. we didn't do plugs last week, so I apologize for that. Mark, where can they, where can they find you? Where well, you know you the main up? thing I do want to plug is I want to plug On Your Mark with Mark E. Extreme. Mm-hmm. It's a new web series um, that we've all kind of been involved with, and I had a chance to uh, direct it. Um, and, um, it's a, it's a, you know, hopefully you'll really enjoy it and find it funny. Uh, the premise is this idiot backyard wrestler, Marky extreme interviews, real actual wrestlers. And a couple episodes are up now. Um, uh, you can find them on YouTube. Yeah, um, at this point, Rob Van Dam is out. Joey Ryan is out at, by the time this releases, Katarina waters is out yep. and coming up is, uh, Brian Kendrick. Yeah. Listeners, so, listeners, listen to me. I don't do very much on this podcast. I'm not educated. <laughs> I'm barely serviceable in terms of communicating with other people in English. Let me tell you right now. This is a funny fucking show. <laughs> well, thank you, Steve. It's la- Is it lady comedy, though? What? Is it lady comedy? <laughs> but check it out. It's a lot of fun, and we had a lot of to- uh, great time shooting with all these uh, wrestlers. Uh, yeah, and uh, so that's available www.youtube.com slash on your mark show. Steve, anything to plug? Uh, not yet. All right. Uh, well, Human Centipede 3, when's it coming out? I don't know when it's coming out, but I did reveal to you that in the one publicity photo that they re- released, the two publicity photos or whatever, yeah. I'm in one of them. You yeah, can yeah, see yeah. my hand. I'm flipping off the bad guys. <laughs> so I got to figure out how to tag your hand in that, but I, I think it so it's people it. can't friend you. Put it up and then put a rectangle around that hand. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, an amazing week, an amazing weekend. Thank you, AfterBuzz. Thank you, WWE. Thank you to you guys, Mark. I mean, I didn't ask you to read that, but I you know it's embarrassing but uh, thank you uh, as well thank you steve for doing jesus christ you're waving to yourself to be thanked steve is waving at himself you're very serviceable you are knowledgeable and you can communicate i got that shit (laughs) uh and thank you to you listeners uh without you guys like none of this is possible this is the highlight of my week each and every week so for curtain jerks i'm scott narber i'm steve sears i'm mark forsaka enjoy your wrestling kids receive this transmission from the comedy podcast network for more shows visit comedypodcastnetwork.com